positive. What is this place? What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Cut it, go for it! Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at 7. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's gonna say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig! Must have been sudden for you. Before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interest before they go to Earth. Meet 22. I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want to. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it. You're missing out on the joys of life, like uh, pizza. I can't smell. We can't. We can't taste either? All that stuff is in your body. No smell, no taste, or touch. See? Okay, I get it. Wow. It's my life. Is all this living really worth dying for? You're still alive? Can you help me get back? No way! There I am. What are we waiting for? Wait, not me! Yes, weird. What is it? 151,000 souls go into the great beyond every day. And I count every single one of them. The count's off. Huh. Is this heaven? <laughs> no. What well, is it? HE double hockey sticks? It's easy to get turned around. This is the podcast without a cool acronym. Back from our, uh, what has it been, like three-week hiatus? Back from the dead after I came home from vacation because, well, really, I just kind of didn't feel like it for a little while and you know, this is supposed to be for fun. I don't make it. I barely make anything off of this, so. I don't so make it's anything not... off my podcast. <laughs> I still haven't figured out how. So it's less the podcast coming back from the dead and you coming back from the dead, right? But yeah, we're back from the dead um, from the short hiatus I ended up going on. Actually, um, actually, he wasn't in Florida when he was dead. 
<laughs> Florida death, six of one hand, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, of course, I'm here today with Matt Lavasser. Hello again. And, oh, and by the way, for the first time, I'm not talking about Muppets or Emperor's New Group on a podcast. Yay! Yay! Yay. We got Micah Hirsch. Hi. I'm here. Andrew Reyes. Hell. Oh, hell, hello. <laughs> hello. Sorry. <laughs> and Deagle. Uh The L is actually the smushed um, Pixar I in my name. Oh, there it is. Um, so today is the first, it's the first episode of the month of July. So this is the first Monday of July. And I decided since I'm coming back from hiatus, I'd do another theme month. And this month I decided I would take a look at various things that are related to Pixar. Because obviously when you think of Pixar, the first thing you think of is their movies. But They've made plenty of shorts, too, and some of those shorts have actually been things that were commonly aired on Disney Channel, such as the Cars shorts we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. There's the Monsters at Work show that's coming out soon, which actually is technically not produced by Pixar. I was um, informed that it is being produced by Disney Television Animation, but it's a spinoff of a Pixar property, so it still counts. Yeah, unfortunately. And I also plane. decided that... Any movies that are released exclusively to Disney Plus that are animated count for this podcast. So that's why today we are looking at Soul. That works. I have no soul. Because, yeah, it was supposed to get a theatrical release, but it didn't. So. And I'm mad. Da, 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 plague. And also the Pixar, the other the other Pixar adjacent property sadly is not on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, Luca was also released straight to Disney Plus, and that we are gonna look at two weeks from today. So very excited for that, very excited to talk about that. But I figured it made sense to start talking about Soul first, since that was the first one that they released straight to Disney Plus. Um, with, without any of that premiere access nonsense. Well, technically Onward kind of got a, a quick release on Disney Plus, but that uh-huh. still did run in theaters for a little while. It was like half, split down the middle. Yeah. Mm. So half Disney Plus exclusive. Yeah, I remember seeing that in, in, in theaters and then all of a sudden, like a few weeks later, it's on Disney Plus. I was like, hmm. oh, I could have. I was not as lucky. I didn't get to see it in theaters. Me yeah. neither. It was yeah. so good. That was I mean, like the last one of the last movies that I saw in theaters right before that happened. Or the thing. Before the thing, that thing happened. That thing. We're not on well, YouTube. We, we can say it and not worry about getting freaking demonetized or whatever. Well, when you think about it, there were a lot of movies starring, you know, blue people in theaters before <laughs> before COVID <laughs> happened. I'm blue, Dava D Dava Die. avatar technically came out before the pandemic (laughs) and it's all connected man and what better way to celebrate christmas day on uh on a horrible year where you can't see your loved ones than by watching a movie about the the small things that make life worth living Mm -hmm. merry christmas everyone merry christmas (laughs) and a happy i don't know so this year has mostly been better. Does that so. make this Christmas in July? Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Which means it's winter. 
I just hope to hear like the cheap sleigh bell sound effects in the background for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'll definitely do that. (laughs) That's not Um, sleigh bells. That's just swishing. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I know we've all seen this movie already, so we're not really here to do like first impressions, but I don't know. Just throw out some Pixar thoughts, I guess. Pixar. Pixar. It's a it's a um, studio that for some <laughs> reason they've decided it's like, oh well, this is its own brand. But it's like, yeah, but they kind of just make a bunch of different movies. It's not like a cinematic universe like Marvel or Star people, Wars. Or just people try to make it one. It, it's treated do. like a monolith. I mean, there's a whole on um, there's a whole gift shop at Hollywood Studios that just has Pixar stuff. And I'm like, there's a whole land at Disney's California Adventure that's just an amusement park, but Pixar themed. Which makes no sense, but whatever. <laughs> By the way, when we talk about Luca, I'll have to mention the um, uh, the um, uh, proposed idea of turning the, the rest of Paradise Gardens Park into part of Pixar Pier, right? Hmm. That sounds good. I like that. Sharing on Twitter, because I know I follow Frederick Chambers, the guy who famously shared his ideas for turning Splash Mountain's Princess and the Frog before Disney made the official announcement, and uh, he retweeted the, that post about turning Paradise Gardens Park into an extended Pixar pier. So, and Luca plays heavily into that, so. Yeah, I would I would love that. I really want there to be, and this is obviously stuff I want to say for the Luca episode, but I really want there to be a Luca ride in the Italy Pavilion. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be so good. You know what's the biggest thing that Luca and Soul have in common is that they both make me very hungry. Oh, I thought Got that right. They both take that <laughs> Well, they're both Pixar movies, but they also they both make me very hungry. Not to jump ahead of things, but that moment when 22 first discovers pizza is so relatable. It's so, yes. Maybe Especially I'll since it's pizza. like the best kind of pizza. It's New York pizza. You can't go wrong with best that. Best kind of pizza. Pizza. Mm-hmm. What yes. is it about animated, what is it about animated Disney movies where the food has no business looking as good as it does? <laughs> right? food is intact. This is the same. This is the same studio that had one man make spaghetti romantic. Yes, and Pixar is the same studio that made an entire movie literally about food. That's true. Say one man because the entire Bella Notte segment. If you don't know this or not, it's a really cool fun fact. The entire Bella Notte segment was animated entirely by Frank Thomas. You know. That's cool. Yeah, I've been to that restaurant. Not, I mean, I've been to the Disney World version of it. Yeah. <laughs> he loved the idea so much, and Walt was kind of like, nah, this is kind of too corny, even for me. But he's like, fuck, like, fuck you. I like it. I'm going to animate it behind your back, and then you'll see. So, not sure what to say in Italian. Uh, Silencio Bruno. Okay, let's just... Silencio Bruno! Are we going to... Um, so, are we co- also covering Bro or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Burrow supposed to be playing before this if it went to theaters. Uh, I actually. Was, I'm trying to yeah. think. Have I seen that? Was that the one with the rabbits? Yeah. Yes. It was the. Oh, it was okay. the. It was the kind of hand drawn style animation. Uh, that reminded me of a mobile game. Simpsons short. <laughs> yeah. You are going to be covering the shark, right? Um, uh, spark shorts. I, I might, I might talk about those in addition to the car shorts. We'll see. Oh yeah, talk about the spark shorts if you can. I the first time I watched Onward on Disney Plus, I watched it with my parents. I made them watch Float beforehand because you know it's an, basically an autism allegory, and it was yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one's so good. 
Oh, Honestly, man. all of those, all of those Spark shorts, and really, really, all the shorts that they've made exclusively for Disney Plus, both from Pixar and from feature animation, have been Thank fantastic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good. Um, so Soul, the movie itself, um, is of course about um, Joe Gardner, who is a middle school band teacher, who. Not to say he doesn't like his job, but he's, you know, he wants, he wants to be wants the to, next, you know, he wants to be the next big thing. He wants to be. He wants more. He wants more, of course. He wants mm-hmm. to have what, he wants to have a legit uh, jazz uh, job or jazz gigs. Yeah, he wants uh, to have a, have an actual career doing what he loves, which don't we all. I'll, I'll be honest, I related with Joe Gardner a lot with in this movie because uh, I'm also, I mean, I don't want to say that DJing is also kind of a musician thing, but I just, I know back then, like I wanted to also get these like bigger DJing gigs at like clubs and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into it later, but kind of actually getting the gigs and whatever, like, and then like towards the end of the movie, when Joe actually does have the gig and then, you know, he thinks of stuff like I kind of thought of that same stuff as well. Uh, uh, we'll we'll probably get more into it later, but yeah. all, all I'm saying yeah. is that Joe, Joe to me is a very relatable character. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Even if it's, uh, like the, des- the description of this movie on Disney Plus makes it sound like it's some personalized movie that they magically made because it says it's a comedy about what makes you you specifically. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember a lot of, uh, the stuff. Uh you know, in the trailer, you know, like... Don't sit around and get held up by the, the junk of life, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like, this movie felt, you know, it, it felt so... It felt like one of the most real movies that they've, that they've made uh, in a while. And also just, like, on the subject of existentialism. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean... I wasn't expecting them to go like that deep into like uh, talking about, you know, what to do with your life before you die and stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, man, I mean, okay. It, uh, are we going to like get into talking like the story a little bit? Yeah. Or? Yeah. We're going to talk, yeah. we're going to kind of go through the story beats. Uh, so like I said, Joe is a band teacher and um his mom, of course, is super excited because he's just been offered full time teaching at the the school, which is like you know, yeah, that's a good gig, but it's not really what he wants to do. He wants to, you know, he he, he wants to he wants to make a living, you know, actually performing and doing what he loves. I don't think he wants to see kids sucking M and M's through a trombone. <laughs> Wait, I love the fact that the opening, the music for the Disney logo. Oh my God. <laughs> Joe students. It's so good. It's so good. It's like, oh man. Uh, my best, uh, one of my best friends uh, used to be in band class. And <laughs> I remember when, when, when they were watching it, uh, they were like, okay, this is too real. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, nothing too- but... I have nothing but pity for that poor middle school <laughs> that actually got to be in a Pixar movie and, and thinking we get to play for a Pixar movie. And then they get the direction of, okay, play Wait. as horribly as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Go full on band geeks with it. 
Is mayonnaise an instrument? Is mayonnaise an instrument? Not an instrument. Horseradish is not an instrument either. (laughs) Do instruments of torture count? No. (laughs) Not with that attitude. I have a theory. People talk loud when they want to act smart, right? Correct. (laughs) So maybe if we all play loud, people might think we're good. Like everyone else is just playing bad and doing whatever, destroying their instruments, basically. And then, yeah. and then the one kid, Connie, like, yeah, starts playing insanely good and very yeah. passionately. And <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, that's me when I get very carried away on things. And of course, that <laughs> is a very important element that comes back later because um, that leads Joe to talk about. Um, the first time he went to go see uh, a jazz performance and how the he he was he had no interest in going but then he watched the one um, guy play piano just the way that he played how um, passionate about it, it he was and how just you you could feel that and he was just in the zone yeah and oh. that all comes back later so it's good that they set that up right away I we'll love just call that uh, Chekhov's trombone. Jazz. Yes. Can we talk about, you know, the, the score for Soul has three artists to it. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross doing the more techno, ethereal, new age music. And all the jazz pieces were orchestrated by John Baptiste, best known as being Stephen Colbert's band leader. Yeah. Right. And awesome. so and John Baptiste, you know, he's, this is a man who knows jazz. Like, you know, he plays, he can play piano like no one's business. It's so beautiful. And, you know, his music, combined with Jamie Foxx's vocal performance, probably makes Joe one of Pixar's best characters. Absolutely. I love that as soon as, uh, as, soon as Joe, as a kid, you know, like, realizes, or, or at least not realizes, but, like, uh, you know, becomes so inspired by jazz, like, as a kid, I love that his dad implied how, how you know, important or how, how important this was to or this is to black culture this is why it feels so like real to me because like i feel like pixar hasn't gone you know to like uh this like territory with like their stories as far as like you know what cultures they've uh covered and what and whatnot and like i don't know this it, it felt so real to me because uh i've you know been to these uh you know kind of places and it, it and met these kinds of people especially that the haircut place felt <laughs> uh, oh yeah that felt so real yeah because like er, like whenever i get my haircut it's uh it feels like that kind of barbershop where everyone basically knows you and um it always feels like you know you're kind of at this like hangout place and everyone Sometimes just enjoys... want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always <laughs> glad you came yeah there yeah. yeah, everyone always had that. Always had that one barber that they always liked. Uh, uh, that they always liked. Um, yeah, uh, for me, it was uh, back when I was a very, very tiny little t- stormtrooper, and <laughs> I had my barber named uh, Zeke. He was a great barber. 
gave me a lollipop after every time I came. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> Yay. Um, so Joe gets a call from one of his former classmates who uh, still um, calls him uh, Mr. Gardner. <laughs> um, by the way, I should point out something about this classmate of his, this former student of his. Do you know who voices him? Uh, um, Quest Love. Quest Love. Love. Yeah. That's right. Nice. Gentlemen, yeah. we get, that's right, gentlemen. We got Stephen Colbert's band leader and a member of Jimmy Fallon's house band in the same movie. The two competing awesome. on the late night shows in one under one roof. And Yay. You know, yeah. Yeah. As I was thinking about this, I was wondering, you know, would be a really good way for Disney to troll their TV rivals if they aired mm-hmm. Skull on the Wonderful World of Disney at the same time Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert are on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Wait, Kimmel's not on at the same time, or is that like? Oh. Kimmel, that's right. Oh yeah, Jimmy Kimmel exists. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> Isn't that how just everyone reacts to Jimmy Kimmel nowadays? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh yeah, he's still on. Yeah. By oh, the way, yeah, whoops. <laughs> I can't. I can't be the only one who's noticed this, but you know, it seems like the three worst late night TV show hosts are all named James. We got James Corden, Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Fallon. Change my mind. Ooh. Oh my god. Only Steven. <laughs> Stephen stands out. Stephen, Seth, and uh, yeah, Conan. Conan, you know, you know, oh, man. Conan. Conan. I love Too Conan. soon, man. <laughs> I was about to say rest in peace, but he's not dead. Oh, he's not dead. Well, rest in peace, his TV career. <laughs> uh, he's doing him a, I think he's doing a show exclusively on HBO Max. That's mm-hmm. going to be his next one. Uh, yeah, so Joe's old student, Curly, voiced by Questlove, calls him and is like, hey, I got a gig with uh, Dorothea Williams. Uh, and he's like, oh, no way, congratulations. He's like, yeah, and we, we need someone on piano because whoever they had, um, I guess, skipped town for whatever reason. And, of course, Joe immediately jumps at the chance because this could be his big break. Yeah, um, but, of and, course... And his mother doesn't really, you know, want him to do you know just music gigs all his life uh, he you know because now he actually has like a full-time uh position at a school where like it's like oh my god that's great um but uh i guess uh something about his uh father that you know he wanted to be he wanted to be a musician as well he wanted to pursue that career and that life uh, and i don't know if they implied uh, what that did to him exactly? Uh, I think I think it, it just basically. never really went anywhere, and because um, the mom kind of says later, she's like, you know, he he chased that dream, but this shop was what paid the bills most of the time. Mm-hmm. And what's gonna happen when I'm gone? I don't want that to, you know, I don't want you to be, you know, out there, you know, not able to pay rent, starving, because you're chasing after gigs all the time. Yeah, that that also which is understandable, like, especially hmm. in this economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'll, I'll admit, when I was like a little bit younger, and I, this is not in the context of DJing; it's more just kind of like making music in general. But, uh, like that, like that, that also felt like a conversation that me and my mom always had about, like you know, uh, is this really going to pay the bills? Uh, like, is this is like, is this really what you want? Is this what you're going to make a living off of how are you going to even you know uh like pay the bills with this it's like 
That's I, a conversation I, that basically any mom would have with their kid. And it's like, it's not because your mom doesn't believe in you. It's that your mom is worried about you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Worried about like your, uh, I guess it's not just mental health. It's just more like, you know, your health in general. Like, your well-being, absolutely. Your well-being. And like, I, and I get that. I, I, I don't, I don't. It's not that I don't like the mom care the mom character. No, I think the mom is great. I I think you know you you very much see where she's coming from with all this, and I think that's one of those things that just makes this movie feel so real and it's so well done. Yeah, this is why you listen to Mister T. Treat your mama right. Yes, treat your mama right. Absolutely. I was, and I was really wondering what they were going to do with Joe's character because all he wants to do is, you know, uh, be a musician and like be a be a, like be a live musician and have oh, like the gigs of his dreams and everything and like i was wondering where they were going to go with that like after you know talking about that after talking about that like you know how is this going to pay for the bills for you joe so so joe gets himself killed <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so he finally he lands the gig by the way uh every single time joe plays the piano Oh my God! It's so it's beautiful. so good. It's so the, so good. The first time he plays the piano in in the class, even like how he describes, you know, just this this other jazz musician and while playing the piano, it's like, like he's taking us with him. It's like, oh my God, this is beautiful. This is so, like, oh my God, I love how it, it feels like ever since Coco, they really focused on how musicians play music and really focus on like the little things of how how to animate them playing the piano or them playing the guitar or something like that it's yeah. so like and it, it's so well done that attention in this to film. detail is incredible and as he's auditioning which by the way also dorothea williams is played by angela bassett and awesome. perfect i love it perfect choice i i love angela bassett and uh i love that they they kind of play her as like the uh, I don't think she's like mysterious or anything. She's more like uh, just uh, I, I don't know if she if they're playing her as more of like a serious musician or something. She, like she that. knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's more like a professional. Yeah. yeah, she does this for a living. Yeah, I've I've come across uh, you know some musicians that are like you know more professional than me that kind of kind of act that sort of way where you know they they don't want to deal with like middle school band teachers or, so, or something <laughs> like that so we're down to middle school band teachers now. Hmm. um but yeah once joe auditions and you know does his thing then he like Very oh my god that, that moment that whole sequence <laughs> that whole sequence and this was like right before all, all of this is still just before the you know disney presents uh, yeah Pixar animation i, I love the way that they did that, that that the whole like first 10 minutes is just a cold open basically yeah, yeah. but like yeah while he's playing he goes into this like i guess for lack of a better term realm <laughs> but yeah <laughs> uh like and it's so be- oh my god it's so beautiful because i feel like i get into this asia i yeah oh yeah. my god it it huh. felt so like he was transcended into this very fantasia a- abstract fantasia like 
like zone and and just looking at it and just looking at it uh, it was it was so it was just absolutely beautiful because like i i feel this way whenever i you know either play music or listen or even listen to music this is this is like this is where i go it's it's so beautiful and meanwhile dopey me was just sitting there making quantum realm jokes to myself (laughs) (laughs) we'll get back to that one that becomes more of a plot device because it becomes a huge plot device later yes um but he lands the gig and he i love the sequence where he's just like so excited running around new york but also running across like very dangerous hazardous areas like uh i think he almost almost gets hit by a vespa actually at one point he almost gets hit by a vespa and a bunch of cars Uh, and a bus uh, uh, call forward i think he walks along like theory is real people wake up he walks along some like banana peels and i feel like some nails uh which i was, I was just like, expecting an anvil to fall next to him or something or falling piano yeah fa- a falling <laughs> piano i would have been a little too on the nose i think a little yeah <laughs> and, uh, that wouldn't work for later and then he falls down a hole he falls out. He falls into an open manhole, which apparently is a very common thing in New York City in movies. Gardner go down the hole. So he's staring the the great beyond in the face, and he's like, "Uh, no, I'm not done yet." Uh, well, actually, he, he asks a couple of old ladies what's going on, and they're like, "Yeah, it's death. Isn't this great? Isn't this exciting?" And he's like, "No, I'm not dead. no, I'm not dead yet." I'm not dead yet. I'm not quite dead. I feel happy. I feel happy. Lucas Lucas talking. It turns out he's only mostly dead. (laughs) Well, that's the wrong Pixar character. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll come back to that. Miracle Max replaced Mike in a Monsters Inc. I want to see what happens if Mike if uh, Miracle Max is the one doing the comedy at the laugh bar. Apparently, the the conveyor belt to the afterlife is so poorly designed that Joe is able to actually get himself out of the the line to go to the great beyond, and he falls into our title sequence. Oh, yeah, that whole, like, just the, like, animation as he's, like, falling, like, is crazy. (laughs) It's so good. It's so trippy. Like, Like, I love how, like, kind of in like you know trippy territory this movie goes almost mm-hmm. like like again kind of i don't want to say fantasia i feel like this is something different as far as like uh, i imagine the filmmakers sitting down to see dr strange and seeing all of the trippy <laughs> yep. stuff and just like i feel like i've been issued a challenge oh <laughs> mm. uh, yeah i think it looks kind of like an epcot pavilion oh yeah, yeah. like once he lands in the um uh the great before the great before yes the great before and once once he lands in the great before i got total epcot vibes i feel like it kind of reminds me of um it's synergy it kind of either wonders of life or i mean soon to the plays of villain so yeah uh well, actually, I think it kind of reminds me of 
uh, this one exhibit in Innoventions, uh, Colortopia. Oh, yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of Colortopia. Does Colortopia have a water slide? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, now it's been nope. replaced by a gift shop. Mm. A temporary oh, gift shop. Temporary gift shop. Yeah, they're going to expand Electric Umbrella. Am I right? They're going to do a whole new restaurant. Well, I hope uh, they don't bring it back as Electric Umbrella because Electric Umbrella sucked. It looked oh. weird to me. But uh, but yeah, the whole great before just reminded me of Colortopia. And even the music, uh, like the, the music kind of reminds me of like uh, what kind of scores they played in there and stuff. But although it's it's still very like unique. By the it's way, like yeah. if Apple designed a biome. Yeah, it is. I, I, I might as well get this out of the way now because we're on tangent, but I'm I'm, I'm really excited for the new creation shop replacing Mouse Gear, but what are they going to do with the Dreamcatcher? Is the creation shop going to have Jesus playing with dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, back in back when it was Mouse Gear, they actually had the Dreamcatcher, which is a Dreamfinder's vehicle from the original. Right, that's right. Had it hanging up on the, on, on the ceiling as a decoration. I'm, I'm really hoping they save that, you know, because, you know, I've heard oh, rumors that they, the, 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 there are incessant rumors that they are going to do something for Journey into Imagination. And, you know, in fact, recently on Twitter, when they announced that they, the flags were taken down for symmetry because one of them got broken, someone once reported that we may, someone suggested that we may finally hear something at Destination D23 this November. I hope so. It would make, it would make sense because yeah. it's, I mean, because it's, uh, it's Epcot's 39th anniversary this year, right? Yeah, the, the big 4-0 is going to be on uh, next year. So. so it would make sense for them to announce something this year so that they could potentially have it open by next year, hopefully. Yeah, yeah but then they again, um, they, yeah, because, you know, I, I kind of like, like how they're celebrating both Dis Disney World's 50th and Epcot's 40th at the same time. So it's all part of the mag most magical celebration. So, uh, so Joe um, encounters one of the... Uh, one of the Jerry's tall British things. Yes, well, they are these. They're not, they're not abstract... all British. I guess they're like um, uh, they're not all British. I know, I know, I know. The first Jerry has an American accent. Mm. Well, they're tall and British. Uh, they're tall and things. Yeah, they're <laughs> tall. And they're like wireframe kind of things. They built I, they built like wire models of them to to figure out how they would look, which is really yeah. Cool. I I love the uh, look of the Jerry's. As far as like the wire type design, abstract. like they it's... look like abstract art. Yeah, yeah, such a such a brilliant way to visualize such an esoteric concept. Because it they is even... all an abstract concept, basically. They yeah. even kind of you know uh, referenced how abstract it was when uh, an, uh, when Terry, another character, is like hiding in an, an in an abstract uh, art <laughs> art frame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was like, yep, that they're very on the nose there. They can hide anywhere because of the shapes. They're all a bunch of it's like lines. Pete Doctor <laughs> Pete Doctor took a look at Inside Out with the scene in the tunnel when they were starting to go abstract. We need to go deeper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, We've become non-formative. I mean, technically, <laughs> Emma, the whole reason we got soul is partially because Pete Doctor was having a midlife crisis of his own. Because uh, according to Wikipedia, I mean, in 2016, um, uh, Dana Murray, the film's producer, she said she said that Pete had this feeling. Is this it? Do I just do this again? I don't know if it was a midlife crisis as much as a midlife what am I doing moment. 
And, you know, he, and, and Wikipedia goes on to say that he pondered the origins of human personalities as well as the concept of, de of determinism. And thus, that was the beginning of what would eventually turn into soul. So yeah, his, I, yeah, so his midlife crisis went on to inspire Joe's midlife crisis. The yeah. Inside Out will be about the feelings, feelings. Mm. Although, How do um, the feelings feel? I'm not sure if you guys remember, but for the longest time, all we knew about the movie was that it was just literally listed as the Pixar movie about the afterlife or something to that effect. And we well, didn't really every, see anything about it for the longest time. From, from the past like decade has been named, just about has been named the untitled Pixar movie about. It. Yeah. <laughs> Untitled it's like Pixar the people movie. the untitled Pixar, Pixar movie about emotions the, the untitled Pixar, Pixar movie about, about dinosaurs the untitled Pixar movie about feces um yeah, I, other real I know ones. inside out was uh the untitled Pixar film about a girl's mind yes and I think Coco was originally um, uh, the untitled Pixar film about Dia de los Muertos yes and then they tried to trademark day of the dead it yeah that was uh, dumb in fact, in fact, the backlash to that was so great that they hired the guy who started that backlash to serve as a consultant on the film. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least they're like, okay, yeah, we made a mistake. We're going to move on from and that. Luca is from the that. untitled Pixar movie about Italian. <laughs> the untitled Pixar movie about pasta. Yay. I, <laughs> I love pasta. Now I want pasta now. God damn it. I had pasta for a lunch. <laughs> like we said, like we said, Pixar makes us hungry. Yeah, Pixar mm. makes us hungry. It really does. Awesome. Except for the the only time they've been like, oh no, look at how awful this food is, is the broccoli pizza. Awesome. Yeah. In, uh, actually, Francisco, you ruined pizza! First the Hawaiians, and now you. you. <laughs> what kind of pizza place has only one kind of pizza? The fictional movie kind. That's what, that's what kind. Oh. Eat me, I'm organic. Even then, call me crazy, but it actually doesn't look that bad. No. Uh, yeah, yeah it, looks all, it looks all right. And, and plus, it, it was possibly—I guess—it was partially obscured because of Riley's childhood memory of turning down broccoli when she was like little. Mm. Mm. And you well, just know that the pizza in—you <laughs> just know the pizza in Inside Out was just a field test for like getting all the bugs out of the system so they could properly yeah, render yeah, New York the, pizza. Nobody wants yeah. bugs in their pizza. Mm. <laughs> Well, as far as yeah. speaking of pizza, <laughs> like, because there's pizza in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it, it, I, it, it, God, New York pizza looks so good. New York pizza. We, probably, we haven't gotten to that part yet, I don't think. Yeah, yes, yeah we haven't no. gotten to that part. Yeah. But I am <laughs> hungry, so. <laughs> yeah, again, Pixar makes us hungry. Um, but this part, of the, the, this part of the podcast will be called Soul Food. Soul Food. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Joe ends up um, being mistaken for a mentor that's supposed to help um, guide a young soul um, towards um, being ready to go to Earth. Yeah, and this is where we get the bit we recorded in the beginning of this episode. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Let me just say, everybody, Chandler said it, Chandler said it, and I'm going to repeat it. There is nothing funnier than little kids cussing. Hell yes! <laughs> yeah, right. Hell? the landlord Hell? is so popular. <laughs> I love it. It's Hell. so good. Hell? Hell. Where's my money? 
Yeah, I think I remember <laughs> I'm a I'm on AFB. I'm a I know I'm going on a tangent, but I, I seem to remember. I think one of the past winners on AFB during the Bergeron era was like you know little kids playing mini golf with like one of those little kids that come like the they sell in the stores. And he's like, and the and the mom's off camera. And she's like, I'm a show me how daddy plays golf. And the kid just throws his throws his club and says, "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> Stay fire, God. That's so good. Um, and speaking speaking of language, this this film actually has a little bit of uh, a little bit of language, probably more than you'd expect from like hell. most kids' films, like hell. But also, crap, crap is met, is said a couple times. Yeah, I think there's I think there's one damn that I'm not sure. Incredibles two yeah. also has. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they nearly got Samuel freaking out about that, and then this comes along, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. when will they let the Pixar characters say fuck? Well, they nearly <laughs> let Samuel L. Jackson say fuck in Incredibles too. <laughs> they did come both, yeah. yeah. Um, what was I gonna? Let Woody say fuck. Let Woody yeah, say fuck. They all, they almost, not quite, but almost had him say, you know fuck in in Incredibles 2 yeah, just just, yeah. just the what the part yeah <laughs> what the no I think what it was the... I think it, I think it was no I think it was almost motherfucker because you know it's Samuel L. Jackson I don't remember. yeah yeah that's I know that I know that was an infinity war where he almost almost said yeah, that but mother. Yeah, I think you're right Andrew I think it was I think it was mother in infinity war and what the in Incredibles 2 yeah <laughs> what I know it, it, on the subject of, uh, of of the word "damn" being in kids' movies, um, they they said the the word "damn" in the SpongeBob movie and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, yeah, yes, they, the Hunchback of Notre Dame is also a movie that has a bad guy, well, a whole subplot where the bad guy wants to fuck like a sixteen-year-old. So. True, and it's rated G. Rated G. <laughs> Wait, which? So Joe's oh. stuck being a mentor and. You know, he thinks getting an Earth Pass, or I think stealing an Earth Pass from one of the little, uh, like, uh, basker, basically. one of the souls will be easy. Yeah, one but... of the one of the unborn souls, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, believe, he sees the um, mentorship seminar, the uh, presentation at the U seminar, and he thinks that you know, oh, they, oh, oh, we help people get their sparks. Well, well, I guess spark is what you know what you love to do, and you know I love to do music, so. Maybe if I get a kid interested in music, I'll be able to use their spark and get back in, to Earth in time to play with uh, Dorothea Williams. Yeah, and right. he and he gets partnered. Kids to the narcissist pavilion or something. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah. They they give they give the, the unborn souls their personalities. I gotta look up the term. I gotta look up the term because it's just too good. Oh, I got it. A manipulative megalomaniac who's intensely opportunistic. Yeah. <laughs> this one's gonna be a handful. But that's the problem, though. Uh, like the world needs another politician. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know they, they, uh, that's basically yeah, that's basically what they wanted to say without saying that. <laughs> Which I think they actually did say it in the Earth versus Twenty Two short. Oh, mm. I didn't, shoot! I, I didn't watch, watch that, that yet. I need to watch that. Yeah, I only uh, seen that spoilers. once. I forgot. Let's watch it right now. No. <laughs> It's like really I think, short. I think. Is is the Earth Force is the Earth versus Twenty Two short kind of just a longer version of all the different cutaways that they do? Yeah, but it's, it's kind not of a movie. <laughs> yeah, because those those cutaway gags. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Um, so it's where it's slightly so, it, it's where it slightly becomes Family Guy for a moment, but it's yeah. like 
that's actually funny. It's, it's so so well done. This joke gets partnered up with Twenty Two, who uh, but the 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 numbers that you hear are in like the ten billions, and then you got Twenty Two, so you know that Twenty Two <laughs> has been there for a while, literally an old soul. Yeah, literally just bugging every single you know mentor imaginable. <laughs> like uh like some of the mentors include like abraham lincoln mother Teresa, mm-hmm, mother Teresa, um, gandhi muhammad ali muhammad ali, ali. marie antoinette marie antoinette who is just ahead yeah, and plus they do the obvious they, mo- they do the most obvious pun with marie antoinette you know nobody can help you 22 nobody yes mm-hmm. and she's in the bakery when they do that by the way she's literally offering her her cake let them eat cake. Let them eat cake. I also Pixar love- just loves their Marie Antoinette gags, don't they? <laughs> it's so so good. I love I know, all of those. I know this. I know this might be dumb, but I love the line that Muhammad Ali says: "You are the greatest pain, pain in, in the, the butt." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Abraham Lincoln one, which comes a bit later. Uh, you, you know where? Um, Oh, like, you don't mind? You really don't mind being on the penny, Mr. Lincoln? Of course I don't. While well, they put Jackson on the twenty, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good history joke. I love that. <laughs> I, also, I wonder, Emma. I wonder when Cusco went to the U seminar because he obviously he did because all souls do. I wonder if he mm. got there with Copernicus too. <laughs> the thumb does not revolve around you, Cusco. Now I want. I want to see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, just putting but, all these Disney characters through the U seminar. That would be so oh my fun God. to see. That's kind of that's kind of the equivalent to the other thing I want to see is I want to see Olaf doing the Luis re- recap of all these different Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that so much lately, but that's a different. <laughs> so moving on, um, twenty two basically explains, you know, her whole deal, how long she's been there. Uh, and Joe's like, okay, well, I could get I could get your Earth Pass from you. This actually works out perfectly. She's like, yeah, but good luck getting it to change. Uh, they go through the the Hall of You, uh, which is um, set up to show a person's memories. But of course, it's kind Joe of has their life. The, the good place problem at first, where he's got <laughs> someone else's memories there, and. and <laughs> But apparently they have something that allows it to just sense who the person is and it changes it actually to his memories instead because he wasn't some psychologist. Um, like, he was... he Because was, he was a psychologist, wasn't he? The guy who he was supposed to be? Yes. Some, yeah, psychologist. Um, yeah, it was a, he was a psychologist. Yeah. He got, do- like, a Nobel Peace Prize. Nobel Peace Okay. Uh, well, when, when they showed Joe's, like, kind of when they show joe's memories and joe's life and everything i love how i love how it kind of feels like a museum of his life yeah museum and i love how they (laughs) the museum Uh, the museum yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i love how they gloss over that he used to be in a rap group (laughs) (laughs) of course he did that's i love that i was Um, even even listening to the, the 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 rapper voice uh, I was thinking like, oh my God, wait, that's David Diggs, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And Joe just had, we all know Joe had to be on In Living Color at one point. Yes. 
I need to watch Central Park at some point. I know David Diggs is in that, along with uh, Leslie Odom. I just realized Jamie Foxx was in in Living Color. (laughs) (laughs) It all Um, all comes together. Plus, uh, David Diggs is going to be Sebastian in the new Little Mermaid. Yes. Ah, yes. So then they go to the Hall of Everything, and... The, the part of the problem with the Hall of Everything is like anything food related, you can't taste or touch or smell. So it's oh, like. It sounds like it was used in something else before this. That means. Sounds like yeah, it's probably. Else. Probably. Yeah. They, um, so, so, so yeah, they go the to the. Great Big Book of Everything. <laughs> great Big mm. Book. Oh, the Great Big Book of Everything. With everything inside. The, the world around us. This book's a book, guys. It's time. Great Big Book of Yeah, the Great Book Everything song. Yes. That's not a Disney Plus, is it? <laughs> no, and it should be. It should be. Um, but and so and then Bear in the big bear! Yes, I love Bear. Please. And Rolly Polly Oli. Rolly Polly Soli. I think one of my favorite jokes from the Hall of Everything bit is it's like, hey, you can be a firefighter. She's like, I kind of want to let it spread. The fire's nice. Nope. Nope. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No. We gotta discuss the best cutaway gag in the whole movie. Basically, 22 is the reason why the New York Knicks suck. Hard <laughs> <laughs> to not describe how much that joke well, made me laugh the first time I okay, saw so it. Okay, so we have to like, hold on, we have to set that up. Um, so uh, the um 22 and and Joe, come well, out and I, it's like, well, you, you know, it, you, we, you know, it's okay um, that, that it didn't work out. You gave it a good try. And 22 is like, okay, we didn't try this one thing. We didn't try break dancing. And I feel like that could actually be my thing. Um, and she's like, run. And they run to this, um, the, the, the two lollipops in, in front of the, the Diet Cola Mountain of this movie, which is the passageway to the the zone the ethereal space that you go when you're in the zone basically the zone. I, I love how that tunnel is just labeled as just a box just a yeah. box just a box just a <laughs> box so they meet up with moonwind and the other people who have like mastered being able to um not only get into the zone but also be conscious of what they're doing there which is a little bit confusing because it's like how how is this not you know i would how, how i would say not figured out how to do this but i guess and how's it not documented and talked about right how is it how is it how is this not known about well then again, but moonwind i guess the answer is moonwind and his troop are basically hippies so yes the reality here so no and you know the mainstream world has always looked down on hippies and meditators so no wonder no one else knows how to get in the zone and get conscious maybe, while doing so. yeah, maybe well, it's like reality shifting well i know a, yeah. a, 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 a reality shifting yeah okay so i uh i won't be able i won't go into detail about this but i know i know a couple of quote-unquote hippies but <laughs> um hippies but but i feel like it's basically you know the you know some of these uh, uh you know some of these people have like you know, become so spiritual or so connected to spirituality that they're able to kind of, you know, like, yeah, kind of like shift into this, like, kind of other, 
uh, into this other reality and then, you know, kind of come back and it's, sort of remember these sort of things. It's like, a, like possibly form of lucid dreaming or something. That's possible. In, in, yeah, in, in, so in like, a sense. What if it, that, that it could like, be. It's like dreaming, but it's also real. I don't know. I like. But they I, somehow I, just match the comprehension that Joe has of what's going on. Yeah. 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 I like. I like that they touched up on on you know. I think you know, this the, movie that would probably of... freak little kids out because of how existential it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know if this is a movie that if I had kids, I would be you so know like young kids, is, I would be taking them to see. Earned is PG rating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not, not because it's got anything like super. No, but I mean, it's, it's very existential. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's like, this is not really a kids like, movie. Speaking of existential, can we talk about the Lost Souls? Ooh. So the Lost Souls, which by the way, just look like <laughs> they look like the um, heartless from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I was gonna make. I was gonna they make. Kind of look like Omnidroids as well. Uh, the the Omnidroids. Yeah, like I was gonna make a joke about playing bass, but bass, but I'm pretty sure that. There's all actually a real life band called Lost Souls, so that would be a lie. Hmm. In Moon Sand, <laughs> I used to play bass for Moon Sand. They Moon find Sand is my these. Beach Boys cover band. <laughs> Lost, Lost Souls are like the souls who get like obsessed with what they're, and just cut off everything else in the world. Yeah, they, they basically, you know, anyone that has like you know massive anxiety or uh, passion about can quickly turn into an obsession. Or, tr- or or someone who's trapped in a dead end job. Yeah. yeah. So they, they find one of these lost souls, and you know, it, it, it's basically a, another accountant. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine. Like, yeah, I imagine goes like nuts as lost souls. And then they like they they somehow like cure him, and then put him back in his own body, which is just kind of like his body. I guess that just means, as far as like you know. His soul was really off. just kind of out of his body, which means that his, he's still like alive, but his body is just like soulless, like dead, and just yeah, working like, at this dead end job. Like reality shifting. And then, like, just like passed out while I'm. And then, like once his soul gets back into his body, it's like he has this like ep- this like like kind oh, of epiphany. It's like okay, so our next quest is that we're gonna find all of the lost souls of YouTube grifters, get them back in their body. Uh, yes, make the world a better place. Please, please, please. <laughs> I know for a fact that one of them, you know, he only started believing in the right wing shit because it made him more money. Yeah. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, that so sounds about right. But, um, but um, so, so basically. Um, Moonwind is like, yeah, we can get you back in your body, no problem. And um, oh, that's another thing. Go- I love, I love that every single time they show, like, you know, uh, you know, something up, up, like where Joe is supposed to go or something like that. I love that they just kind of oh, it, sho- it shows the escalator of doom, and Moonwind is like, wait, Joe, are you dead? It's like, not technically. I'm not dead yet. I feel fine. <laughs> Yeah, and the, uh, the next the next escalator over is just the escalator down to the lower lot. Uh, <laughs> the hell. The hell. 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 Is there even a hell? Yeah. Is uh, there actually a hell and a hell and soul? Because you know, if the great beyond represents heaven, what represents hell? The great uh, um I don't know. The great, the great staying on earth forever. 
the great bed and bath. I don't know. I don't, uh, what uh, represents hell? hell is Chicago just YouTube co- hell is just the YouTube comment section. The great hell comment section. Great clowning. Uh, when they finally do like you know connect with Joe's body and stuff, um, like uh, I, I I forget, but both twenty two and yeah, Joe, Joe gets overexcited. Joe gets overexcited. He wants to get back in his body right away, so he 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 tries to jump in and tw- and he actually he accidentally I think he accidentally takes twenty two down with him. Am I right? Yeah, he accidentally yeah. takes twenty two down with him, and he wakes up thinking that he's him, and then realizes, oh my god, no, I'm in the cat. 22 is in my body. Oh, and by the way, I love the cutaway where it just shows the cat <laughs> on the other to the great beyond. Yeah. I'm like, and no! He he his and freaks out, right? The cat, mm-hmm. the cat going into the... the... The cat going into the great beyond also kind of looks like the Pusheen cat. <laughs> isn't, isn't that cat, like, isn't there a Funko Pop of that cat soul? Yeah. Oh. By a Funko Pop of a dead cat, kids! Yay! Yeah! It's only temporarily dead. Oh, spoilers! Hmm. Uh, nine lives and everything, you know. Yeah, because you know, once once Joe gets back the second time, you know, the cat turns up alive and well. Yep. Yeah, that was. I wonder what the cat's journey was with all that. That should they should have make they should make a short about that. Yeah. Yes, please. What was the I cat up to? Um, but yeah, the, the I'm big just thinking body of this really quick. Thing. I'm just thinking of this really quick in the context of uh, the sock opera episode of Gravity Falls. <laughs> and then it basically becomes a Pixar movie from this point. A really good. Well, from this movie. point, it a becomes really a body one, yes. swap movie. A body yeah. swap movie, but also a Pixar movie. It's like Freaky yeah. Friday. You know, but... Yeah. Every Pixar movie, not every Pixar movie, a lot of Pixar movies follow the same basic premise. It's always two characters that are like complete opposites or contrasting going on wacky shenanigans. And it's a stock plot, so it's not like it's something that other companies don't also use a lot. It's oh, yeah. For the longest time, that was almost all that Pixar did. But to be fair, Pixar is really good at making those plots work. Yeah. yeah. And kind of the yeah. whole point of all of this is, you know, Joe ends up showing 22, you know, just basic things about life that he doesn't really think about, but 22 is like, whoa, this is amazing. I, I can't believe that this is what you get to do every day. Are we going to talk about the controversy? What controversy? Oh. That, he, that, he, that a black guy is an animal and a white lady, the oh. voice of a white lady is coming out of a black guy. <laughs> I honestly, oh, they, they implied this earlier when they were still in the great before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> And this was shocking to me, like the, the way he said it. But Joe asks her, like, wait a minute. So if you're like, so if you could be any like anything, why do you always why do you sound like an, an annoying white woman or something? <laughs> yes, and I, I have heard some people argue that 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 is just like a, a hand wave and it doesn't really take away the problem. Um, and I'm a white person, so I don't. And again, most of the people I've seen complain. Uh, good number of the people I've seen complaining about this were all for white people. So. Yeah, I don't think it matters because it, it, it's in service of the story. Yeah. It's yeah. in service of the story. I think it's a dumb thing to complain about. I mean... Yeah, it, Yeah. honestly, when people started complaining about that, I'm like, really? Like, it, it's... To be honest, I, I, I feel like I would complain more uh, 
I, I complain more about it with Princess and the Frog, obviously. But yeah, because um, that is, you know, you've got two leads who are frogs the whole movie, even though they are people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, like at least when, uh, at least when, um, when we like have the the body switch happen, uh, you know, we do like at least we do actually like see more of Joe's life. Uh, yeah. As as Joe, even though they're body switched, but it's like still, uh, I don't know. There's still like something there. Uh, I feel like as far as 22 just being in Joe's body is more of like, uh, I know there's like kind of a metaphor in there somewhere as far as like. Walk a mile in my shoes. They should have waited to release it next year. Yeah, plus I'm a, (laughs) it's implied, it's pretty much implied, it's pretty much stated outright that uh, while we hear 22's voice coming out of Joe, other people hear Joe's voice. Joe's voice, yeah. I just, people scene where, find reasons to complain about things. Yeah, because in the scene yeah. where... I'm, I don't want to invalidate some of them for having points. Um, it just... I, I can understand feeling that way because it happens so often. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think I think in this particular movie, it was still handled very well and wasn't... It issue. wasn't too she, terrible. Jamie Foxx still carries this whole movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, in my opinion, having the voices still stay consistent and have Jamie Foxx's voice still come out of Joe even when 22 soul is inside him, I felt like that was a very critical part of not having the body swap trope feel like just a cliche because when it popped yeah, up I was really so worried at first. Heavy. Yeah, I know. I I, I started to kind of get worried too that we weren't going to see you know joe in his actual body for a while but they actually do Mm -hmm. come back to it very very quick like you know they have a a good chunk in the great before uh and then you know they get right back into the um into i don't want to say live action world (laughs) it's not live action Mm -hmm. but it's in like the human world yes the real world real and yeah, I think the main the reason living. why they made the decision to have Joe's voice come out of the cat and 22's voice come out of Joe is not just because it may it makes it clear who's in what who's in each body, but more because the cat wouldn't have had a voice otherwise. That and is the, true. And, and Joe needed to still be able to communicate with 22. We paid good money for Jamie Foxx's voice, damn it. So it's fun, it's functional that it was the way that it was. And again, we do still hear joe during the um during the scene where he's basically telling 22 what to say to his mom later yeah so there's a series of shenanigans um joe has to escape the hospital he gets spotted by dorothea williams looking crazy eating uh, just kind of munching on pizza eating pizza that so as we mentioned earlier of course um Joe gets 22 to try pizza and 22's like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah, like her mind, like her uh, mind literally gets blown. It blows her mind. Like Pat, like that Patrick gift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now the one where his, his forehead goes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one. <laughs> that is something I really liked about this and, and kind of how Soul has this commentary on learning it's just like you can understand the core concept and just not be there but there are some things that you still need to experience to really understand all right about terry 
Oh, yes, oh. of course, Terry. Yes, you guys are Terry. Glossed over that one. Terry time. Yeah, Terry. I love Terry. Yeah, Terry. Terry, Terry. Terry is the one that, compared to the Jerry's, is like really obsessed with like making sure that the count on the great beyond is correct <laughs> and, and and as i said i already said this i don't know if it terry is voiced by rachel house who was the grandmother in moana, in moana. yep huh. i did not I know that at first girl. was also in thor ragnarok at, as like one of the asgardians or something i think whoa in fact I'm a, i had no clue that was rachel house because you know she sounded so different from grandma tala you know she almost sounded masculine in places i yeah. thought that was a man doing terry's voice yeah, you, I think if you listen, if you're listening, knowing that it's her, you'll sound, you'll hear it more. But if, but if you're going into the movie like I did the first time I watched it, which is the only time I watched it so far, unfortunately. <laughs> but at the same time, she's not really an antagonist. Uh, uh, she's not a villain. No, she's this movie doesn't have a villain. An yeah. antagonist is the correct word. A villain is the incorrect word an antagonist is someone whose goals are not aligned or kind of go against the goals of the protagonist yeah, yeah true. she's just true. mostly a stickler for keeping up the count with so her any spiritual abacus in the main character's way is basically an antagonist yeah or tries to anyways honestly looking back i don't think i'd necessarily call the the jerry's terry and 22 as defined genders I, I think they're more like they's yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah. Was, that was what I was thinking too. I just wasn't sure if I, I Yeah, when I mentioned all... when I mentioned twenty two as a her, I was like, uh I, I was thinking in my head, wait, are it's it's probably a they. They're probably yeah. they. Yeah. So it's like it's a, yeah, twenty two is definitely a they. I mean, do unborn souls have a concept of gender and pronoun? So they would they would be the default, right? Yeah. They. Yeah. They would be the default. <laughs> um but so yeah, Terry is just kind of like uh, okay, like looking up the file on Joe Gardner and everything, and then goes into uh, we see it a bit more like you know a bit later, but like you know Terry goes into the real world and it's just kind of hiding everywhere, like like because you know she's just kind of a line, <laughs> and so she hides or they hide in like uh like the was it the heartbeat monitor or something or yeah, yeah the heart monitor and the, then like, the, and like fence railings and stuff like that the, the bricks and then they the turn crosswalk the cracks, anything the yeah. graffiti was my favorite yes yeah. and then there's a scene where that one guy there's that one guy who's like kind of mean okay so yeah uh, okay, we'll probably get to that. Like, uh, so after uh, trying the pizza and then getting into a taxi, and you know, Dorothea <laughs> seeing Joe uh, like that, like they go back to Joe's place, and then um, uh, I think the 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 one student, the one student that was really passionate, uh, yeah, passionately Connie. playing, yeah, uh, you know, she uh, shows up at his apartment. Um, and says that she wants to quit, and 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 then like because because uh, twenty two is in Joe's body, and you know twenty two being kind of the um, 
uh like pain in the ass yeah kind of kind of a pain in the ass but also kind of leaning more towards like a lot of very negative energy in a way mm-hmm. uh, uh typical like, middle school yeah she like 22 as joe like ends up kind of just agreeing with her and everything uh and then i i guess like it's sort of like an interesting sort of psychology thing but uh you know connie like the entire time it is kind of like feeling that something's not really right with joe in a way but it's like Connie says that she thinks all of school is a waste of time, and Joe, as 22, says, Like my mentor George Orwell used to say, state-sponsored education is like the rattling of a stick inside of a swill bucket. And Connie's like, yeah! The ruling class's core curriculum stifles dissent. It's the oldest trick in the book. And Connie's like, I've been saying that since the third grade! Connie, uh, you know, is just kind of like, uh, you know what, let me actually uh, play something very quick. And then, and then she plays, and then 22 as Joe, you know, actually becomes very, like, uh, emotional, like, kind of emotional, but also just, like, very, wow, you really love this. Yeah, you really love this. Uh, And, you know, that kind of, like, so uh, that kind of inspires, you know, like, uh, Connie to keep doing it. And, you know, 22 uh as joe uh like starts to kind of feel something and i was like huh okay like they're they're gonna do something here with her character or with their character and uh uh and then like you know uh 22 you know like agrees to help out joe with the gig uh you know getting ready for the gig and stuff like that uh even to the point where (laughs) Even to the point where when when 22 as Joe is trying to like get ready and clean themselves. <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, like that. I one washed quick... your butt for you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I washed your butt for you. Um, and but then uh, once but then, you know, trying to like shave or whatever. I don't know why. Wrong. I don't know why Joe was insistent on giving himself a haircut like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, to the point standing on a bunch of records, dude. But it moves everything along because, of course, we get that awesome scene in the barber shop. Oh, that's one of my favorite scenes. It, it yeah. felt like one of the most real scenes. Yeah, uh, in the movie. Just, it and you'd figure, you know, it's just yet another talkie scene, but it's such a good good talky scene that just well because it kind of starts to frame the the point that the movie makes which is joe joe is hyping up the barber as um you know he was born to cut hair you know that's what he was born to do and 22 actually talks to him and um finds out that he wanted to be a veterinarian at first yeah um, but then you know mm-hmm. barber school costs less than vet school I was like, wow, so you're unhappy, aren't you? He's like, no, I'm, I'm very happy doing this. Yeah, that's like, I, I, I love like what they did with, um, with that, where it's like, you know, you kind of tend to know this person or anybody for just the one thing that you, you know, go to them for. And, you know, but Joe 
but Joe never never asks uh you know this barber about like you know anything else besides anything just jazz. jazz. Yeah, you know, it kind of reminds me of the the recurring Phineas and Ferb line. What I have a life outside of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and like yeah, I I just love that moment so much when Joe is just kind of like you know kind of realizing things, you know, uh, you know, just kind of learning more about this person's life or, you know, these people's lives outside of, you know, something that he just wants to talk about, you know. Um, and I, I, it's kind of interesting that 22 is in Joe's body this whole time because it, it, it kind of feels like the metaphor besides walking a mile in my shoes it's also kind of like joe Off the foot in my step <laughs> hmm. it, it's kind of like joe uh i don't know i'm trying to think like he's having like all these like different realizations and it's i, I don't know it, there's some sort of metaphor in there and i just can't place my finger on it but yeah that whole barber barbershop scene just t 22 like spitting some like real you know <laughs> deep deep shit <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, i didn't know you had such an interesting education joe i just thought you went to music school like they see joe's like you know terrible hair mishap and it's like whoa this is an emergency you're gonna have to wait and 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 the other dude's like really dude it's like unless you want to get a haircut from him and then he's like no no, no i, I can wait <laughs> so then why even hire that guy if no one wants to get a haircut from him yeah, I, why, I, why do they even have that barber i don't get it i i, uh, the, I they're keeping uh weapons grade haircutters like him off the streets <laughs> only a good barber could stop someone with a bad barber barber uh, <laughs> barber um but so also other... oh go ahead uh, well, also the other dude that's you know getting his haircut is the is the you know the I forget the name, but it's the character played by David Diggs. Paul. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Paul. 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 Yeah. That's uh, the dude. He's the one that's like a like uh, another you know real pain in the ass for Joe. Yeah, you know? that's right. what I was asking. He was part of the ML rap group. Yeah, he was. He was the <laughs> in the rap group. Is he uh, the one that accidentally gets killed by uh, by <laughs> Harry for a second there? Yep. Yeah. He's the, he's the guy who eats the, the chips, right? Yeah. When he yeah he eats the chips, uh, the, the, those processed foods. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry about that. It's not your time. Yeah. It's not your time. But if you keep eating those uh, chips, it soon will be. <laughs> <laughs> And I so love that, that. That's a day ruiner right there. You almost friggin' die. And then the person <laughs> who almost tried to kill you is like, ah, let's just keep this between us, right? And and they're a friggin' abstract shape, so you can't say anything, and you're just losing your mind. And then I, they're I, narking on your Doritos. Of course, they're all um well, so there's the whole thing with where the suit gets ripped, and that has to get fixed. Um, and they have to go to joe's mom and there's there's that whole scene which is amazing which is but, but my what, favorite scene in the entire movie what what uh like you know 22 uh, uh 22 is just kind of like enjoying these like other little things while walking along the street and everything 
just kind of being silly and just you like, know and enjoying the wind that comes from under the like they, you know they get they get his mother and um her friends to fix it right yeah yeah well well they don't get well the well after the the whole conversation that um joe has 22 have with his mom pixar already had a character named jerry and they did not show up in this movie but yeah um the joe joe joe's mom ends up giving him um his dad's suit which is really a nice moment um yeah, uh, Joe or Twenty Two as Joe. Well, actually, I mean, at this point, it's actually just Joe because you know Joe is actually telling Twenty Two what to say as Joe, right? Mm-hmm. And I love the tra- like kind of the transition where it's like it transitions from you know Joe is the cat saying it, and then we kind of like go like kind of transition behind uh, his mother's head, and it's just yeah. Joe saying it. Uh, right. It's 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 a good transition, but that's a that's a great moment. But Joe, but Joe is like trying to you know, uh, say say to his mother, you know, just how much he really wants to do this, and he's so he's just so scared and worried that, like, that if he dies today, like, that his life would have meant nothing, and I feel like you know that's one of the saddest things to really say as far as like you know like like this is how you know obsessed he is with uh music i actually almost think that joe could have been a lost soul if like don't they find moonwind before um the the whole scene with uh with his mom i think they do yeah yeah it was after like you know they just had pizza and and whatever and before joe gets in the taxi but yeah, they do. We find... need to find another thin spot. When does that happen? Some some astrology stuff. What does that mean? What, well, the government calls it six thirty. <laughs> yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I love that they kind of touched up a little bit on astrology there. I, I was I was kind of hoping they would touch it uh, touch up on astrology a bit more, but they they didn't. But still, like. Uh, you know, I, I mean, my, my, my best friend is really into astrology right now. And when we were watching this together, she, she was like, Oh, some astrology, huh? <laughs> <It's kinda, laughs> I just love, they talk about astronomy. <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually, um, it gets to the point where it's just about time for, um, Joe to switch back into his body in 22 to go back to um, the great before when 22 is like no I don't want to I want I, I want to stay here oh, oh there's also that scene on the subway that we um oh uh, yeah where um, 22 drinks a big gulp that was left under the seat oh yeah <laughs> you know that had to be spiked uh yeah either spiked or just it's just Drink this is just gross. Seat. You don't do that. No. Uh, subway will provide. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the subway will provide. <laughs> uh, and, and before they go on the subway, they also like you know see you know someone playing uh playing their guitar right by the subway, and uh and and 
a 22 just gets like so like i don't think the word is enthralled it's more like kind of it, it she she feels she feels just moved kinda, by it really just yeah just really yeah. moved by it and and it's yeah it's it's like all those moments like th- those little moments that she you know uh feels moved by throughout the like throughout her time on earth as joe uh like kind of like really uh get to her in like you know the moment when now they have to switch bodies again like mm-hmm. 22 has to go back to the great before but uh but as she's like just you know sitting there and just looking around and as these like leaves are falling you know like yeah the little just, helicopter seeds the little yeah, helicopter, helicopter seeds she just sees how beautiful it is on earth versus the you know cuz what she's learned about earth and the great before she she thinks earth sucks based on like the history of everything and based on like what everyone has done, what humans have done and all that, you know, and all that stuff, but actually getting to see it firsthand or experience it firsthand. She actually kind of wants to stay. Yeah. Like even just kind of, I actually actually took, I actually wrote down her monologue so I could bring it up. And I'm the scene, you know, she has this beautiful bit of dialogue where it's like, you know, I've always worried that maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not good enough for a living. But then you show me about purpose and passion. And maybe skywashing could be my spark. Or walking. I'd be really good at walking. <laughs> then Joe says, well, those aren't really purposes. It's just regular old living. Because you know, that shows you their mindsets. And you know, 22 has seen the beauty of Earth for what it is. But Joe is still focused on his dreams and wanting to make them come true. Yeah, yeah I think, you know everyone forgets how beautiful life can be and you know it, it, this is you know every busy dealing with human shit yeah everyone's yeah. you know everyone has like real life you know issues and problems that you know like to uh, to deal with like of course you know going to like a very stressful job or something like that but mm-hmm. you know let's say uh, outside of this job you know we we tend to forget how beautiful it is to be alive and live on this earth and to also just enjoy the little things the little moments that we have like even enjoying a a piece of pizza or Mm -hmm. or um or or just like looking around and seeing how beautiful everything can be you know (laughs) you know that's one moment that they highlight earlier when they're in the 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 museum of you or whatever it was called the the museum Mm -hmm. And 22 makes some sort of comment about the, the fact that he's just sitting by himself in a diner eating pie and all that's kind of sad. But it's like, no, that's one of the, that's one of the best things. You know, that, that pie was amazing and it's one of pie. the best things about living. It's, I'm not sure what kind of pie it was, but. Was it boysenberry pie? I don't think it was boysenberry. It's New York. I don't think it was boysenberry. Boysenberry. <laughs> mm. boysenberry. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like, that like that moment like when 22 was you know just kind of having that realization that was uh that was honestly like really great uh but then moonwind comes uh and it's time to like switch bodies and everything but 22 is really like focused on staying and but she knows that if she stays 
like you know she she would stay in joe's body which means joe would never be you know back in his body so they're kind of so you know but his body would be inhabited by someone else yeah so 22 you know runs off runs off and you know joe is the cat (laughs) uh (laughs) chases after chases after them and uh terry is also it comes out of that uh that abstract art and then (laughs) and then um and then catches them and brings them back to the great before and uh yeah so i'm assuming joe basically just passed out (laughs) yeah yeah because that's kind of what what it's framed as later but um then it's revealed that um 22 actually did get her earth pass yeah and and i was like what like what was her spark what was it and you know that's, that's what they expand upon because i'm uh you know 22 is like you know 22 you know joe calls her out for miss, miss, joe calls out 22 for them making uh him miss his day he's like you know what you know what you know what joe fuck you here's your pass go have fun and and joe's just standing there like you know well wait what was her spark i mean she couldn't have a spark because you know she was with me she was through my body she didn't have a spark of her own and the Jerry tells her, no, the spark is the desire to live. That's what a spark is. Well, the Jerry doesn't necessarily say that. It's more like Joe kind of realizing that that's, you know, what what that spark really is. Jerry, like, like um, I think, I think Joe, Joe was basically just like, you know, what was her spark? What, like, what was We don't it? assign purposes. Where did you get that idea? Yeah, Spartans, exactly. just when they're ready to come live. Yeah, when they're ready to come live. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah, right. But then, yeah, but then Joe's like, you know, yeah, screw that noise. Spark is what you're passionate about. I'm gonna go do it. Bye. Spark is the name well, of it's, work program. Well, it's not like he had that screw it mentality. He's just more like, like music is my spark, right? Like he's just kind of questioning himself a little bit, but you know, he still goes down to earth. But one little yeah. spark. oh no something else happens here but we'll get into that when we it's important to get into that because i want to talk about the build-up to the foreshadowing of what's going to happen next when we get to that point so but joe joe gets back into his body and i guess the cat also gets back into his cat body body or their cat body whatever (laughs) and then uh so joe finally you know gets to the gig uh but like at like uh, we forgot to imply that like they basically kind of uh you know canceled on him because after Dorothea saw him uh you know looking weird in a hospital gown mm-hmm. uh you know that's that's when you know they replaced him with someone else named Robert and then um but Curly said you know if possible if you can make it before the gig or whatever uh you know maybe she'll give you a second chance so let's see about that so joe gets to get uh gets to her uh and you know basically just tries to kind of uh fight his way to getting the gig back uh by by like straight up telling her like if you if you pass up on me you're making the greatest mistake of your life you know like kind of kind of like you know so and she's like, oh, my, aren't you an arrogant one? Yeah. Tell Robert he's out for now. 
That right. shows how much he's devoted to his dream. Like, you know, we mentioned before that Joe could have been a lost soul. And honestly, yeah. I'm kind of picking up Miguel parallels from Coco because, you know, both are driven musicians. They want to perform. But, of course, it's different situations because Joe wants to perform just so he can perform with Dorothea Williams because he thinks that would be the thing that gives his life meaning. And Miguel wants to perform because another he wants to, just wants to perform for, perform for performance's sake. Curse, you know, mm-hmm. and on music be damned. Both movies yeah. deal with afterlife, I just realized. <laughs> and with music and with delicious yeah. looking food. Uh, and they're both Pixar. Pixar yeah. movies make us hungry. <laughs> they're two really unique uh, uniquely different stories too so there's that um yeah but but yeah joe finally you know does the gig and i gotta say i love the animation uh, when they actually like do the gig like you see the yeah. sweat you see the sweat on their bodies like how like you know like how into the into playing music they are on stage and everything it that it's another scene that even though they kind of intercut uh, some parts of the performance, it still felt real. It still felt like I was seeing, uh, you know, jazz musicians just, you know, uh, playing their hearts out. Yeah. And- yeah. It's also a mixture of um, them exerting themselves playing the music and also from stage lighting. Because take it from a guy who's been under stage lighting lots of times, those lights have to be on and stay on. So they get hot and you yeah. get hot underneath them. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I know how that feels just kind of uh i'm just remembering <laughs> choir performances under stage oh, lights man. like that yeah even like doing morning announcements with video production it's so hot oh, oh yeah man. i've always wanted to do those and i never got to <laughs> um yeah so then like after you know a successful performance and so nothing like bad happened or anything yeah but, it was great and just Joe- like Okay, now what? Yeah, yeah. Joe seemed to be like you know really into it, but then after it's over, you know, after everyone's gone and it's just him and Dorothea, he's just kind of like, you know, he he's left feeling a little bit empty in that in that moment. And you know, uh, Dorothea Dorothea asks him, you know, what's wrong, you know, and he's just kind of like he, he was just kind of thinking, like he thought it would feel different. Um, Leading to the best monologue in the movie, uh, the ocean versus the water. I actually have it up on my computer right now, that monologue. Do you guys mind if I read it out? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it, yeah. I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to an older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, the older fish says, that's what you're in right now. This, says the young fish, this is water. What I want is the ocean. Mm. Like, and that's like one of the last things that is said before, you know, pretty much my absolute favorite scene in the movie where it's just, it's just this one, it's just this one kind of long, very quiet moment. You know, nothing is really being said, you know, it's Joe going back home on the subway. And then once he gets back home, you know, it's like, he's just feel, he's just left feeling kind of sad and empty it's like he finally got the gig of his dreams and he's finally able to do this as often as he wants but he but he's like kind of almost questioning himself on you know whether or not this is what he even wants and everything but he comes back home and he's just kind of 
sitting by his piano and just kind of like tinkering a little with the keys and then looks at all the stuff that you know he collected with 22 as him and just kind of remembering like the things that they did throughout the day and not only that all the things he's done throughout his life like you know riding the subway being on the beach with his mom you know playing the piano for his father you know starting out as a teacher reaching out to the students even so little as to like just enjoying even more little things than that enjoying some pie or just yeah exactly like, like just... all about the little things in life mm-hmm. yeah, that's beautiful yeah, you, Andrew. that's Ab- my favorite scene in soul it's just so beautiful absolute so be- absolute beautiful scoring uh it, it, like the, the 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 song on the soundtrack is called epiphany it's yeah. like this is joe's kind of epiphany on like just you know life can have more meaning than just this one thing that you've centered your entire life on you can there's so many other things that are so beautiful in life that you can enjoy even on the side and this is yeah. it, 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 I, I i teared up in this moment because this was kind of my life in the past like two years before watching the movie like just because i've centered my life so much on music and just kind of these things that i really want to do that i haven't done yet but everything else that i'm able to do in life even just every little thing enjoying life not just even with friends and family that you have but even when you're just by yourself and alone you can find yourself enjoying these like other you know little things and it's just it was so beautiful it yeah. was it was yeah, just, just how and so and I, I and i love that how it kind of ends a little bit is like they show shots of like the city at night uh, like and and even going like into space just looking at earth and then looking at the galaxy mm-hmm. and then and 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 when showing the shot of the galaxy we get the line again from 22 is like uh, it's like what if my spark is uh spark you know it, or, it, watching. Or, or walking or walking i'm really good at walking that's that that's that's not really sparks. That's more just regular, you know, life stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, Joe is just kind of realizing, you know, how much he has to like, you know, kind of fix this. So he kind of like goes into, so when he, he passionately plays the piano and goes into the zone and now is like very like, you know, self-aware that he's like in the zone. So that's like his way of, like transporting back into the great before which is yep. so such a beautiful transition from yeah such a beautiful moment it's just oh my god that 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 scene sorry that just that epiphany scene is the reason why it is like one of the biggest reasons why i love this movie because it's it really reflects on what i've been through in the past couple of years and everything it's just it, it's absolutely perfect i think it's so well done yeah it's a very good scene yes and so once uh once joe is in the great beyond he comes across moonwind great before to find 22 but unfortunately moonwind has some bad news 22 has become a lost soul because you know the foreshadowing comes in you know joe has just gone back down to the earth but 22 you know she's going back to her place and she keeps repeating to herself no purpose no purpose i also yeah. just um, uh, i also just remembered uh there was a joke that moonwind said earlier in the film when mm-hmm. talking about lost souls 
he 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 was saying I was a lost soul once, and Joe was like, "Really?" And then uh, Moon was like, "Tetris." <laughs> <laughs> yep. But anyways, I'm uh, da, 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 one thing. Uh, one thing. The, one thing they do in the lost soul thing. The one of the things they notice about the lost souls when they first meet them is like you know, they say something. Each lost soul says something that is indicative of their obsession. Like you know, the he- the mm-hmm. accountant he keeps on saying, "Make a trade, make a trade." And 22, she starts repeating, no purpose, no purpose. Not in other good words, enough, no purpose. In other words, she's become obsessed with the idea that she's a failure. She'll never have her own purpose. Uh, they'll never have their own purpose. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been kind of struggling with that sometimes in my life, too. And just hearing that, just my heart went out. It's yeah. just... And kind of, you know, chasing chasing twenty two around like the great before. Uh, for one, uh, like they're just they're just throwing all the other like you know uh, souls, all the other like little child souls. Just yeah. What's really funny about this, the way that this is kind of done, is that normally when you have some sort of action climax, there's actual collateral damage. Here, it's like, well, yeah, they're just, that, that they're just actually souls. happen to these souls because they're just souls. You can't crush a soul. Here, that's what that's what life on Earth is. You for. may crush me, <laughs> but you can't crush my spirit. Plus, oh, my yeah. spirit! Can we just mention Terry just forcing the other Jerry's to give her an award? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've all had that one coworker. Be honest. Um, but yeah, basically, we give you this reward um, that you requested. Yeah. And then twenty two comes back, and he's like, and then twenty two comes back, and Joe comes back, and he's like, give me that. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to want to say that like even some of the buildings uh, or pavilions are Jerry's. <laughs> yeah. Like earlier in the, earlier in the movie, you know, uh, like every, every Jerry is just referring to each other as Jerry. So it's like, you know, like like Jerry Jerry will yeah. lead you into Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, twenty two has just become this absolute. Um, this absolute cyclone of self-doubt. Yeah, all the, all the like you know figures that kind of show up in that you know big cyclone you know inside uh you know twenty two's like lost soul mm-hmm. body. Um, just all the memories of the mentors just coming back to her. Twenty two well, is basically forcing herself to relive everything they've said to her. She's you know they're all they all speak in twenty two's voice. That's all twenty two yeah. coming out. No. <laughs> yeah, that twenty-two. You know, you know, all those people putting her down. Those are memories, and they're all voiced by twenty-two. Because you know, it, occasionally it cuts to twenty-two Whoa, saying those things herself. It cuts to twenty-two saying those things herself. But then we get the biggest. Then we get the, like the biggest emotional bank of the whole thing. You know, Joe, Joe finds twenty-two being accosted by a, a big figure in shadow. But then the figure notices Joe. And and blocks her and blocks her his path to her, and the figure, Joe himself. Yes, yep. Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, it's it's um, like that th- that whole thing also kind of reminds me of like the 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 time in my life where you know, I I always thought people you know were putting me down and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you know, I just like I'm pretty sure everyone kind of had or some people at least you know have that moment where they you know think about all the like kind of just the 
negative things that people have said to them and they just kind of repeat it over and over again and just constantly gets them into like this depression and anxiety and you know yep. and and feeling like they're not good enough oh. and, and plus, I, uh, tv tropes mentioned this um uh 22 she seems to amplify the negativity in her brain you know yes one of the, you know she questions yeah. like you know you know um uh, she what she she quotes joe saying you know but those aren't really sparks but you know in the film we see joe saying like you know well, he's very gentle about it, very, like, you know, nonchalant, you know. Well, those aren't really sparks, 22, you know, it's just normally it. But when 22 repeats that, she specifically has this figure say, those aren't sparks, you idiot. Yeah. I noticed yeah, like that. She, I noticed that. Yeah, she kind of turns it into a, a, a much more negative, con- like, you know, a, a much more negative uh, saying. And, like, that that little detail is very interesting you know some people can really you know turn things that other people say into something that's really really negative and at at the same time you know it the way yeah even though the way joe says it you know originally is just kind of nonchalant and you know and whatever you know you still don't know how it could affect this other person depending on what you're saying you know i think i think 22 was one of the first um souls to test out their new anxiety pavilion and she unfortunately got stuck in there for some time and she just becomes at the end of the movie this this ball of anxiety yeah Yeah. and plus uh, like i said like i said you know we see the images of all her past mentors and they don't really do much they just allow joe to pass them by but the joe figure specifically goes out of its way to prevent joe from Mm -hmm. reaching yeah it's, it's almost like 22 knows that Joe wants to apologize and she's just like, you know, no, screw you. You put me down. You, you know, you, you basically told me I have no purpose, die in a hole. And that's why the Joe figure goes after him the way he does. Yep. And I, yeah. And I think once Joe, cause you know, Joe, you know, already has the earth pass, um, you know, and it, it, like once Joe, I think shows the, the big, the big, you know, evil figure, Joe, uh, the Earth Pass. I, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, it was the leap he showed because you know the first time he faced down the Joe figure, you know the Joe figure pushed him away with such force that he lost the Earth Pass. But then he realized he, he still has the leaf on his person. So when the Joe figure comes back for him, oh. he just holds up the leaf, and and you know the Joe figure just like you know he steps back and he was like, okay, fine, you can pass, and he just disintegrates. Yeah. Oh, it was the okay. It was the leaf, not the Earth Pass, right? Um, kind of reminds me of this is off topic, but it kind of reminds me of uh, holding up the the dragon gem to to get rid of the 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 drune the drune in, in, in Raya. Raya. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Milana holding up the heart to uh, take yeah, off. that too. Yeah, so, I feel yeah. like that should be a trope of some kind. Hold up the glowy thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so anyways, once Joe is able to defeat <laughs> defeat his negative version of himself, he reaches. 22, who is still putting herself down, and he just places the leaf into her hands, and they it cuts like this bit where you know, like you know, Joe's back in the cat's body, 22's back in Joe's body, and um, uh, they have this beautiful conversation, like you know, you're ready to live. I am willing to give up my life so that you can be on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. That... I was gonna say the solos look kind of like fan- Final Fantasy monsters, but I guess that's kind of what heartless are, and you already said they look like heartless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I still don't understand anything about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> eh, 
And so does most of the people who play it. I haven't played the rest of the games, but uh, I've only played. The I'm first not going to play it until, well, you know. <laughs> uh, we all know what he's here for. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, but, but um, yeah. So, so, at so at that point, you know, twenty two, you know, finally has her Earth pass, and then they uh, jump into Earth together uh so 22 you know finally goes to earth and finally actually wants to go to earth and but joe you know joe is left behind or not joe basically just kind of gives up his life for 22 yeah because basically joe goes with 22 as far as he can until he gets sent back Mm because when he tried to go to earth without an earth pass before he kept getting warped back to the great before i just imagine that's how loki kept falling for 30 minutes and thor ragnarok (laughs) a little bit and then i i and i i love that they also made the pretty clever choice to not show who 22 became yeah yeah like i'm, I'm still on tv tropes and i'm uh they say that they had two different endings planned before they got to the one they used i mean the first one was like you know joe accepting his fate and going on to the great beyond and the second does show what would happen to 22 because you know joe would go on to tour with dorothea while he became a private tutor to student musicians and it would and the film would end with the recognition that one of his students is 22. I think the I, I'm Maybe glad Connie? they didn't. Uh, no, no, because it would oh, it would be no. someone who was just born just now. That's how that works. It's not. There's no time travel here. Oh, so, yeah. I feel like yeah, if there was any life, way to that's how they could have gone. So, you know, Joe later in life because you know Dorothea. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah so it would have had to be someone who was tutoring later in life. I just think okay. there's so many people on the planet. It's the the odds of actually him being able to recognize who that was are yeah. astronomical and it's too it, it, it's too cutesy for such a real movie a little too corny yeah. i think it's a little too corny i think they made the right decision to have it be more ambiguous as to you know who 22 ends up being because it, it doesn't really ultimately matter because it, it it the point is that 22 changed joe's view of life yes yeah, i mean yes Kemp Powers even said that, you know, the idea of 22 becoming one of Joe's students was just too confusing. Yeah. 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 It doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I I mean, I guess theoretically sure it could happen because it's just a movie, but like, I'm I'm glad they didn't go that way. I'm glad they didn't try to go that route. Yeah. In fact, Kemp Powers even said there was something innately not satisfying about it and he was absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, they made the right decision. Yeah, the um, very the very ending where it shows Joe pretty much accepting, you know, going into the great beyond and accepting death, basically. Yeah, uh, and and the Jerry's just giving him a second chance because because of like like in that moment, you know, everything up to that moment to me was really good, uh, but I mean, I, I'm kind of you know. I was kind of thinking, you know, if if they wanted to end it on a really emotional or powerful note, they could they would have just let Joe, you know, go to the great beyond, and that would have been a nice ending. But, but 
but now because now that he ha- he's had this like epiphany you know of you know appreciating the little moments now he like now that the the jerry's have given him like a second chance he can finally actually enjoy life yeah, that's, fully yeah, I've, I've seen some people saying oh i think the movie would have been better if they just let him say dad and he just made that sacrifice but, like, but th- then he would never have lived yeah that's the whole point of the moving yeah yeah that's uh yeah like even I love uh, I love uh, just the the quick joke before they end the movie is like you know, uh, but what about Terry or whatever? It's like we've worked something out. I love how the music also just kind of stops when they cut to Terry, <laughs> uh, and 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 then you know Terry's just you know doing the thing with the abacus count and whatever, and uh, you know um, the other Jerry, the other Jerry is like look over there, and then just kind of <laughs> and just adjust- butts with the. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of fucks with the abacus, and it, it, like just by moving one of the one of them off. Incidentally, like, futz with the abacus is my Rage Against the Machine cover band. <laughs> well, I honestly wonder, like, you know, I honestly wonder, like, you know, I I honestly thought they were going to do a joke about how um, this wasn't the first time we had to alter the um, uh, abacus because you know, you know, make an obvious resurrection of Christ joke, like you know. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I think they probably didn't want to go there. No, <laughs> uh, they 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 didn't want to touch that. I don't I don't think. But um, <laughs> honestly, the only hiccup that I have with the ending is that I would have really liked to have seen how Joe lived his life rather but than I cut away that, that soon. Well, that's deliberately to not. Yeah, that that's so more like short, I think in the popcorn series where he. Um, it shows him living his life, I think. Well, the short and the popcorn yeah. series, I feel like, is generally just a lot of probably unused like animation for Soul, possibly. But um, yeah, I'm still showing like you know a bit of like life around the city and stuff besides just Joe's, you know. But yeah. the ending you itself, is, like the en- the ending itself, like even you know like uh, Jerry asks him, you know, what are you gonna like, what are you going to do? Um, and he says, you know, uh, you know, like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to live every minute of it. And then that's where it ends. And that's where it needs to end Yeah, to me, because that's just kind of like a message to people saying, live every minute of your life, you know? Absolutely. And don't, like, like, don't worry too much about Joe's. Joe's going to be fine. You guys live your own life. So exactly. fair enough. And that and that was just beautiful note to end on. And I absolutely love this movie. And it is my number one favorite Pixar movie. I don't care if it if it just came out. <laughs> it is my absolute favorite Pixar movie. Previously it was Inside Out, but I and, and, and like Pete Doctor, go figure. Pete oh, Pete yeah. Doctor, I'm actually knows glad what he's that, doing. Uh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. I'm glad he's running Pixar too, because like I mean the four directorial projects that he's had, all of them are great. Yeah. Like, yes. All of them are great. Uh, like Up as Monsters, well, Monsters Inc. You know. Uh, the... Coco, but not Coco. Um, Inside Out and there. Uh... Yep. Yeah. Like, this is just such a beautiful film, and I love it so much. I'm and glad so it the exists. The next film he makes will be about 
I don't know if he's making movies other than I think he he's just running the company now. Yeah, I don't know if he's Probably. announced any next directorial movie of his, but he's gonna if he's like stopping directing and just gonna be running the studio or like just producing. Like what would general. be the follow up to like what would be the perfect trilogy of existential movies inside yeah. out? What would come next? Yeah. <laughs> up, up is also existential, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, like less so like than emotions or um, I mean, it doesn't deal with the literal embodiment of emotions or exist the literal embodiment of existence. What? Up is primarily about accepting, um, you know, loss and moving on. And they're gonna make a sequel. It's gonna be called Down. Ah. Uh, mm. uh, uh, so do we have anything else to say? Because I mean, we've been talking for. Over yeah. two hours at this point about this yeah thing. that yeah <laughs> I know well, I'm hungry. well I did, um, I did propose we mentioned on um, uh, how how do we bring Stolen to the parks oh well, they've already da, 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 da. sort of done that um because yeah. there is uh, an exhibit all about um jazz musicians at the American, Epcot. the American Adventure Pavilion yeah. yes yeah. at the American what Adventure. I was gonna say is I read someone on Twitter saying, I think if Saul was in the theme parks, it would ruin the movie, it would cheapen the experience, and I say poo-poo on them. I don't think so at all. Yeah. Um, you just have to figure out the right way to do it. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think there's really a ride, but definitely some sort of... We make the making of me, but it's going to be hosted by 22. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've always, I, I've I always think there believed, can be an attraction. Uh, I've always believed that if the Wonders of Life Pavilion was still open, they would have turned Cranium Command into Inside Out by this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know, Absolutely. I know, I know. Pete Doc, I, I think it was Pete Doctor that said this, but I know that he, uh, I think he said he used to work at Cranium Command, and he knows that, like, that you know, right Inside Out was people who directed Beauty and the Beast, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he he, like Pete Doctor, I think, uh, directly, like the inspiration for Inside Out was Cranium Command. I think. And that's and and head posters that look like mm. World Fair posters. Yeah. Yeah, the characters all know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're UPA-ish. Yeah. Inside Out. Yeah. yeah. So if in so if, if if Inside Out took over Cranium Command, I can see Soul taking over one of the exhibits in the center of the building. Like you know, oh, actually, also the name, like, a, the name like, of the movie like, is a double and is a double entendre because it's he's a jazz musician. Yeah. 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 I, I was thinking Soul like, music. I use uh, seminar. Thing, like you know like you know maybe like you know a u expo like you know you could do like you know the uh, the u expo like you know the universe and you. personality types and all that like the sensory fun house all that stuff the universe and you and then and then uh uh <laughs> joe becomes an mib agent uh or mm-hmm. <laughs> then fights aliens <laughs> Right. So for me, since I'm kind of stuck on the West Coast, I'm thinking about how to integrate it into Pixar Pier, and I'm just uh, looking around at Pixar Pier, and I just noticed way too many Toy Story-themed restaurants on the pier. So I'm thinking we take one of them away and just have the uh, um, the restaurant of everything, and it just has this ridiculous, expansive menu of snacks that you can have in the park. I was I did there. thinking you. I was thinking you could just totally put like a New York pizza place. New York pizza, yes, please. Mm. But that would require Disney to know how to make good pizza without hiring a third party. Yeah. (laughs) Get some. And they don't know how to do that. Get an actual like. uh, They're really good at making 
rat pizza. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> they, need to, they need to get the, you know, the pizza rat from those videos. Yes. That rat. There was to, a, wasn't there a reference to pizza rat in this? Yes. Yeah, probably. Uh, well, kind of. <laughs> I always thought that was I, I always thought that was just a like weird like the rat dragging the pizza. <laughs> Someone well the very first like one of the first people who, who brought it up said this is what the ratatouille sequel is gonna be about. Ratatouille <laughs> But anyways, Soul, yeah, it's just a great movie. They could build a roller coaster and call it the solar coaster. The solar, the solar coaster. coaster. Yes, because we haven't done enough done. rides that are something a coaster already. We have the Incredicoaster, we have the Velocicoaster, so sure, we should just have the Solar Coaster. Heck, don't, don't even stop there. Coaster, that would sound too much like a Solar Coaster, which is a roller coaster that's powered by the sun. Yes. Which I could imagine Epcot actually doing. Yeah. A yes. <laughs> or, of course, it could be a great big motion simulator ride, Solon over the great before. There's a great big motion simulator ride. Uh, <laughs> could do there are soul of progress. Yeah, there are soul of progress. What does Epcot have? Uh, do they have they have the um they have the it would go in Epcot. Soul would go in Epcot. There's no other parts that yeah, they have the yeah. the little exhibit about the about various uh jazz musicians. I haven't actually gotten to go see it yet, so all right, plug time. Plug yourself. Plug-o. Who wants to go first? Uh, well, uh, I, I also have a podcast, but it is currently on hiatus because of lots of just, you know, personal and work-related stuff. But uh, in the meantime, you could go and check out uh, six ep- uh, all six episodes of my podcast, Realm of Immersion, uh, where me and a bunch of friends talk about movies, TV shows, and eventually theme parks. Uh, check that out on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Andrew Productions, a uh, bunch of theme park stuff there and whatever. Uh, and you could also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at aproduction09. I guess I'll also plug my music considering I talk about music on this podcast. Yeah, go for it. So like my artist name or DJ name, whichever, is Android D. It's just basically, you know, Android dash d uh you can go you know find me on uh soundcloud or on youtube and uh uh also find my music on spotify i have an album called dawn to dusk which make it easier to look for uh i basically make electronic music but i'm trying to span out into more different kind of experimentations of things as far as music goes but um yeah check out uh check out all that I just was going to say, I was on an episode of your podcast and we talked about The Muppet Show. We did, yes. Uh, Chandler. We have no bananas, bananas today. today. Bananas, bananas today. today. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chandler was also, yeah, was also on uh, my podcast talking about The Muppet Show, so you can check that out as well. Uh, it was a Steve Martin episode of The Muppet Show. So. Um, I have a podcast that everyone in here has been on. At one point or another, yeah, um, yes, all of us have. It's called the Emperor's New Podcast, where I cover everything in the Emperor's New Groove franchise, from the movies to the TV series to even what little there is in the theme parks. Um, 
I also have a YouTube channel where I make cartoons called Fire Blast Studios, including my most recent series, Podcast United, where I animate segments and excerpts from various podcasts, including this one. And if you like my YouTube videos, you can also uh, pledge to my Patreon and you'll get the bit, most of the videos a day early. And if you pledge high enough, you can also get like behind the scenes and stuff. Yay. <laughs> you, most, you most recently, or one of the most recent scenes you did was me telling guests at Space Mountain that they can't stay in the rocket because it'll break the ride. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't stay in the rocket. You'd, get, you'd either get decapitated or more, the, the more likely thing that'll happen is it'll just stop and you'll break the ride. It would literally mm. break the ride or you, so. Yes. You yeah. also animated me doing Beaker doing Propion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bunch and honeydew. Bunch and honeydew doing. Uh, honeydew. Honeydew. I'm sorry. Honeydew's the one who talks. Right. Often. Honeydew, because his face looks like his whole head looks like a honeydew. Yeah. yeah. Flip the switch, beer. I can't do it. <laughs> I apologize. Remember that uh, one Matt... Muppets Now segment where they were just destroying oh. stuff? That was glorious. I haven't watched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um as for me i've i've done countless appearances on uh on micah's podcast the emperor's new podcast and i've also made appearances on channel krt and this very podcast and uh i just remembered this like you know like days after i did the muppet babies episode with you chandler but i also remember this was not the, the podcast without good acronym is not the first time i've worked with chandler in the past because I was Patrick Warburton in his uh, Star Trek The Experience video. Yes, of course. Oh, wow. Love <laughs> I love that. That was great. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was largely inspired by both the, the clips of, what's his name? Johnny, Johnny Birchtold, I think is his name, doing like the, the, the bits where he's like, this is what every theme park pre-show is like. And also <laughs> that funnier die sketch with Patrick Warburton kind of doing just this insane safety spiel for this ridiculous roller coaster that makes no sense. And, and I'm like, I want to do- He had to wear a fake mustache. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, I want to do just a whole love letter to safety spiels but, um, and pre-show and videos. I animated one of those. Yes, you did. Thank yes, Micah animated one of them. Uh, Deagle was in that as well. The only person in here that wasn't in that was Andrew because I hadn't met Andrew yet. No, I think I was uh, following you at that point, but we yeah. hadn't actually like we hadn't actually talked like, met, or met or talked really yet. It's kind of funny because I, I, we've mentioned this before, but we met and we didn't even know it. Yes, <laughs> it's like one oh yeah, one of us. <laughs> So uh, we gotta actually hang out at the parks at some point. Oh yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I, I plan on moving to Orlando at some point. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even if you uh, don't have see. an annual pass, I, I, my main gates aren't going anywhere. I literally haven't used a single one of them yet this year, and we're I can't six afford months into a the pass year. yet. <laughs> well, that's okay. I can get you in. We're good. Oh wow! Yay. Yeah. Okay. Pays to have friends, right? <laughs> as long as it's not like like I mean, it's just a, a hassle to figure out blockouts, but I can do it. So, <laughs> yeah. And um, of course, you can always find me on Twitter at dgill two two nine five. I also have an occasional uh, gaming series called D Gaming. I've put a shiny new link in my Twitter bio to the uh, complete series where I'm 
uh, just completely wrecking house in Overwatch, showing off some Overwatch highlights. Mercy Main, all the way. And uh, yeah, you can always follow me on Twitter at the address I provided. Um, I'm keeping up with the Bad Batch and uh, putting up spoiler-free thoughts every single Friday, and we'll keep doing so until I run out of episodes. Did you finish the Dumbo live tweet finally? Mm, not yet. <laughs> You're still on that. Oh my gosh. I'm still on. To be fair, last semester was a philosophy class. So I would just walk away completely noodle baked afterwards. <laughs> but I did get an A minus in it. So. Hooray. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I've got a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, on there, and I'm still planning on doing the Disney Springs video, but that's still a ways off. Especially since I'm going to be starting a new series of vlogs that are a combination of a vlog and a scripted video, and that, of course, is all about the road trip adventure I went on at the end of May and beginning of June, which is why this podcast went on hiatus. So you'll be able to see all of that soon-ish. I don't know exactly when it's going to start coming out. I'm still in the process of really working on actually getting everything together and editing it but once that is out it will be on my youtube channel starport 97 you can also follow this podcast at podcast acronym on twitter at podcast acronym if you like this and want to hear more be sure to subscribe i'm on all the usual places google play spotify apple podcasts and i'm now available on iHeartRadio and audible leave us a review give us five stars and share us with your friends and be sure to join us next week as we talk about monsters at work Say it's alright Say it's alright It's alright